0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every first Sunday of Lent, whether we are in year A, B, or C, the lectionary has the temptation of Jesus featured in the Gospel reading. This is because our 40 days of Lenten devotion are to be modeled off of Jesus' 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. Unique to year B, however, the year in which we find ourselves, because Mark's account of Jesus' temptation is so brief, especially in comparison to Matthew and Luke, we get to hear not only of the temptation, but also of Jesus' baptism. In all three of the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus' baptism is directly connected with his temptation in the wilderness. And this is not coincidental or secondary. These two events in the life of Jesus are integrally connected. You can't actually sort of see one without the other. At his baptism, Jesus is declared to be God's son while the term certainly has royal and ontological overtones, it shouldn't be forgotten that Israel is first referred to as God's Son in the Exodus. In the Exodus, Israel experienced its own baptism when it passed through the waters of the Red Sea and then was tested in the wilderness. Jesus is recapitulating Israel's story by passing again through the water and then heading out to the wilderness to be tested by Satan. And we, in turn, recapitulate Jesus' story. Jesus spends 40 days in the wilderness and so we spend 40 days in Lenten devotion. In this way, the exodus becomes a model. Not only for Jesus' life, he obviously patterns certain events of stories from the exodus but for our lives as well. We were once enslaved to sin, but we have now been set free. We have passed through the waters at baptism, and now we find ourselves in this wilderness that we call life. And here is where we will remain until the day that we die, or until we come until Jesus comes to call us home first. The wilderness is where we spend our lives. Until that moment that we pass through the waters of the Jordan. And come to the promised land of resurrection and eternal life. To put this another way. From the moment we pass through the waters of baptism until the moment we die. We are wilderness people. Not spending merely 40 days in the wilderness, but spending rather our entire lives. We are wilderness people. Since our baptism, we have always been wilderness people. and Until our death, we will always be wilderness people. But unique to the first Sunday of Lent in year B isn't only that we hear both of the baptism and temptation of Jesus, but we also get to hear about Noah and the ark. And we get to hear Peter say something kind of incredible. He says, referring back to Noah, that baptism, which corresponds to Noah's salvation through the ark, now saves you. Baptism now saves you. Depending on one's baptismal theology, this statement is either highly surprising or not surprising at all. There are Christians for whom baptism is a thing that all Christians should do, but it's just a sign, it's just a symbol. It's okay if they don't. There are also those who call themselves Christians for whom baptism is so central to salvation that one cannot be saved without having been baptized. I ran into a group of people like this before uh, who insisted that if you were not Baptized for the remission of sins—that you didn't know that you were being saved by this act. Even if you had been baptized, it didn't count. This—that group is not usually uh, considered part of the universal church, but there are certainly those who take that extreme position. This isn't the place. um, You've already heard me talk way too much this week. Uh, This is not the place to fully unpack a biblical theology of baptism. But as we continue onward in our 40 days of Lent, there is something here that I want us to see, that I want us to understand. When Peter says that baptism, which corresponds to God's salvation of Noah and his family through the ark, now saves us, he does not mean that baptism is a salvific event in and of itself. He does not mean that all that matters is whether or not you have been baptized. We know this, Because he says that baptism saves us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ has been raised, whether or not any of us have ever been baptized. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality, an inward grace. By which a person is united to Christ forever by faith. So that what is true of Christ, and this is the part that matters, so that what is true of Jesus Christ becomes true of us. So that what matters is not our life, our baptism, and our death, but His life, His baptism, and His death. His story becomes our story, which is why Paul in his great list of ones can say that there is only one baptism. He writes to the Ephesians, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So if Peter doesn't mean that baptism is the necessary action by which a person is saved, then what does he mean? Since Peter has Noah in mind, let's consider how God saved Noah from the flood. Did the ark stop the waters from covering the whole world? No. Did the ark stop the rains from beating incessantly on the roof of the boat? No. Did the ark stop the wind and waves from tossing Noah and his family wherever they pleased? (laughs) She is correct. No. (laughs) So what did the ark do? The ark kept Noah and his family safe while the chaotic waters of creation did their very worst. And in this way, Noah was saved. This, according to Peter, is the model for the way in which baptism now saves us. Which I take to mean that having been baptized doesn't mean that the storms of this life will stop. It doesn't mean that the world around us won't continue to do its worst. I think we've all felt that recently. I know I have. Baptism doesn't mean that the harsh realities of the world will suddenly go away. But it does mean that when the wind and the waves and the wilderness do their worst... God will always provide a way through. It means that the words spoken over you at your baptism are true. No matter how much the waves and the wilderness beat you down and wear you out. You are God's child. In you he is well pleased. This truth is why the order of events in this morning's reading matters. We pass through the waters first. We are declared God's children first. We are united with Christ forever first, and then we are sent out into the wilderness to be tried, tested, tossed around, and even torn apart. We have passed through the waters, yes, but we need the wilderness. Because we still have so much of Egypt left inside us. And the wilderness can strip that away, slowly but surely, step by step. We have too much Adam and not enough Christ. And that's what the wilderness is for. That's what Lent is for. To help us put to death the old man so that we might become more like the new. To help us put Adam to death inside us so that we might become more and more like Jesus Christ every single day. That is how we must approach Lent and the struggles of our daily lives. Knowing that we are safe in the ark of our baptism. We have been united to Jesus Christ forever and what matters is not what is true of us but what is true of Him. So do not come to Lent seeking to prove your spiritual strength nor to earn what has already been given freely. Rather, come to Lent seeking to rid yourself step by step as we wander through the wilderness of all that is not true of us by nature of our baptism. This is why remembering our baptismal vows are so important. It's why the baptismal font is sort of at the entrance to the church. You have to make your way past it to come into these mysteries. God does not promise His children that life will be easy, unfortunately. In fact, arguably the opposite is true. Jesus is declared to be the Son of God and He is immediately sent out into the wilderness. What God promises His children rather than an easy life is this. Wilderness now, promised land later. Wilderness now, promised land later. And though we might be in the wilderness and we might feel it tearing at us, we might feel the struggles of life. What matters is not who we think we are, but who we are in Jesus Christ. Inti Wright says the whole Christian gospel could be summed up in this point. That when the living God looks at us, at every baptized and believing Christian, He says to us what He said to Jesus on that day. You are my beloved child. With you I am well pleased. God sees us not as we are in ourselves, and thanks be to God for that, but as we are in Jesus Christ. And so we can face wilderness of our lives, we can face trials and temptations, we can face pain, suffering and death because who we are is secure in Jesus Christ. Let us then head out to the wilderness these 40 days, not to earn nor to prove, but rather to prune, to do away step by step with all that is left inside us that is not of Jesus Christ. So that as we travel on the way, we might become more and more who we already are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.